This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Billy Embody coming at you on Tuesday. It's almost a week into the Rhett Lashley era as he was officially introduced to the SMU community uh, a week ago today, uh, really just under a week ago if you're counting by the hours, but he hit the ground running uh, in the past week and we've got a lot to cover on this edition of the podcast. You know, the first thing that Rhett Lashley did was he met with the players and really wanted to prioritize them you know, this current team that is in place now set to play in the Fenway Bowl on December 29th against Virginia is one that I would say is certainly, you know, reeling with the the loss of, of Sonny Dykes and that staff to TCU. And so Rhett Lashley, one of the first things he did was meet with the players Monday before he was introduced. And he spent really Tuesday, Wednesday, and even into Thursday meeting with the players and taking the time to talk with them one-on-one, talk with the staff that was left behind, and develop a plan, at least for the staff in place, and also let the players know that, number one, this is their program. That was the big thing that Rhett Lashley said. He's there to guide them and lead them, but this is a a player's program, a program that uh, really it's on them to lead. And, And like I said, he's here to guide that and wanted them to know that you know, kind of the the basics. You know, this is a team that's going to be a hardworking, uh, competitive group uh, that they want to really instill that competition that has been put in place in the past and build off of that. And the one thing he said that stood out to me, uh, you know, among other things, obviously, in his opening press conference was it's time to deliver championships. You know, he thanked Sonny Dykes for really allowing him to get this opportunity when uh, when Sonny Dykes hired Rhett Lashley in 2018 to lead the offense. You know, he ended up going to Miami to be the offensive coordinator, and he ended up getting this SMU job in large part because of, you know, his familiarity in a way with the program. You know, he impressed at Miami leading that offense, and, you know, whether it would be injuries at the quarterback position or the turmoil that ended up, you know, engulfing that Miami program over the last two years with Manny Diaz's future, which is now decided, and Mario Cristobal is the head coach now. He navigated that and and still had successful offenses. And now it's it's you know been in recruiting and staff building mode. We haven't seen any players enter the transfer portal since that introductory press conference, which I don't know if that says anything about the future for some of these players as far as you know, potential transfers, but it says a lot so far uh, that guys just didn't up and transfer. And now the goal for the players is to obviously finish with a win over Virginia, which is also going through a coaching change. And we've seen some Cavaliers enter the portal. Um, but right now, I, I really want to cover what's kind of happened on the recruiting trail and and uh, as well as some of the staff hires. And so let's jump into the staff hires and two right off the bat that we reported Kyle Cooper and Jonathan Brewer uh, were still 
waiting to hear what those guys will end up doing as far as uh, their actual roles on the field. But those are two on-the-field on assistants that Rhett Lashley has had with him uh, since his days at Connecticut together. And even Jonathan Brewer was with him at Auburn. And now they get their first on-field coaching jobs. And, and really, those were no-brainers for Rhett Lashley. I mean, those are guys that have been with him for a while, have you know done their time in the analyst and the graduate assistant roles, and now are on their recruiting trail for SMU. Um, you know, Kyle Cooper an under 30 for 30 guy uh, on uh, 24-7 sports last year, somebody who's really impressed a lot of people you know, just from being around him to get that type of honor. Uh, so an up-and-comer in the coaching ranks. And then Jonathan Brewer, somebody that SMU is very familiar with, was actually a key um, uh, you know, with Rhett Lashley uh, for a long, long time. So it makes a lot of sense that those two end up on staff. And then from there, he's made his offensive coordinator hire. News broke. Over the weekend, that Casey Woods, uh, the Missouri tight ends coach and recruiting coordinator, is coming over to be his offensive coordinator. And so that hire, I, I think this is one where if Rhett Lashley isn't back in a call plays, which he didn't say at his press conference and when we talked with him afterwards, he didn't confirm that, but we're expecting him to at this point. Uh, this is a this is a really good hire. You know, somebody that uh, he's familiar with Rhett Lashley. They spent time at Auburn and Arkansas State together. Um, and he won a national championship at Auburn uh, as a graduate assistant, I believe. Um, and so you know, he's got some of that winning pedigree. But the big thing that stood out to me was his time as a recruiting coordinator, uh, both at Arkansas State. Um, he was Auburn's director of player personnel from 2013 to 15. Uh, and then he's been Missouri's recruiting coordinator. And the Tigers have been recruiting very well uh, since Eli Drinkwitz took over there. Uh, and they really do have one of the better staffs recruiting-wise. So if he's tabbed with being recruiting coordinator, that speaks a lot to his organization, uh, to how he manages a board uh, and gets, thing go gets things going in that respect. And we'll see who Rhett Lashley ends up you know, naming recruiting coordinator for SMU. But I think right away, that's what stands out to me as far as Casey Woods goes. Um, a lot of familiarity with Rhett Lashley, obviously with their time spent together at those previous stops. Um, and, and so I don't think, you know, we're, we're done obviously seeing some, some coaching hires. They have three spots filled. The defensive side is what's next. And if you've been following on Pony Stampede, we've really been watching one name uh, in that defensive coordinator search. And if you're not a VIP member, go check that out. Uh, we dropped some more tidbits on where that, where that stands on Monday afternoon um, and also a couple other names. And things go quickly. Uh, in this coaching, you know, moves uh, time of year, you know, getting new staffs in place ahead of the early signing period. And we've seen SMU make some quick moves and we've seen, you know, on the defensive side, it, it seems to be taking just a little bit longer. Rhett Lashley wants those coordinators involved in those hires. Obviously with Casey Woods, he's somebody that's familiar with Rhett Lashley and, and knew about Kyle Cooper and Jonathan Brewer. So those are two guys that he signed off on. Uh, and then once they get that, defensive coordinator hire in place, I think you'll see some moves start to be made on that front. And I can tell you, I can tell you that I don't know if it's going to come quickly. I think this week I have circled really as one to watch if they can make this hire, um, depending on what happens at some other schools. 
But once that defensive coordinator is in place, then SMU can kind of go into overdrive. And another thing that I think is worth monitoring is what happens down at Miami with Mario Cristobal. Who does he retain? Who does he bring on? Um, will some of those assistants be cut loose and, and able to find other jobs which, which could lead them to reuniting with Rhett Lashley? Uh, that's a, a new twist that's you know been put in place in this coaching carousel. And while Miami isn't looking for a coach, they've got their new coach. The move to get Mario Cristobal in there and the speed that he's going to have to work with down the stretch for the Hurricanes, I think we're going to see those staff changes go quickly there. And that could be good news for SMU if they're able to get some of those guys that Rhett Lashley has his eye on down there. Uh, And so we'll certainly have an eye on Miami and some of those assistants with ties to Rhett Lashley. Um, and that that's kind of it right now on the coaching search front as far as assistance assistance go. Um, Brett Lashley has to build an entire staff. You know, Sonny Dykes took a ton of the support staff, pretty much everyone. Um, he took you know graduate assistants. He he left some behind. There are there are four current coaches or five I should say that are are kind of in limbo in a way. Uh, defensive coordinator Jim Levitt is still with SMU. Cornerbacks coach Stefan McClure. Uh, and then uh, safeties coach Trey Haverty on the defensive side. And then you've got uh, wide receivers coach David Grew and tight ends coach Josh Martin, who are still on staff, uh, you know, working on their next moves, working to see if they can stick with SMU. Um, so a lot up in the air for those assistants. And, and depending on the, the new hires and, and what they, uh, you know, uh, see in those guys, maybe they end up sticking around. I don't expect Jim Levitt to stick around. I think that's pretty apparent um, just from, you know, Sonny Dykes not taking him to TCU and then just kind of the defense and and how he fit at SMU. It just doesn't seem like he's someone that we're going to see on the hilltop next year. So on to recruiting, we've seen SMU offer, I believe, six high school players uh, and also offer some transfers. Uh, I do want to touch on a few ones uh, that we've seen them really prioritize. ULM offensive line transfer Willie Tyler is somebody that SMU was on uh, when he transferred uh, on uh, the front end of his career from Texas and uh, ended up committing to Syracuse at one point, uh, but he ends up at ULM and uh, he's somebody that SMU went in home with with three assistants on Monday night, uh, Jonathan Brewer, Kyle Cooper, and Colby Cameron, who's been hitting the recruiting trail for SMU seems to be somebody that could end up sticking uh, with the program. Uh, Willie Tyler uh, played pretty much all season for the Warhawks, and uh, they're looking for depth. You know, I, I think when you look at the offensive line, Alana Lee, Hayden Howerton, Jalen Thomas, all out the door uh, to the NFL uh, and going to try their hand at that. And then Kobe Bryant was the one player who entered the transfer portal just even before Rhett Lashley hit the podium uh, to be introduced as SMU's next head coach, 6'7", 330 pounds. He's a sophomore, uh, so he's got some time left uh, to play college football, and and I think that's a big thing when you look at transfers and how SMU's going to approach that. The blueprint is still there where you maybe don't want to bring in one-year guys. Um, that's something that you know continues to stand out to me as far as these players that they're pursuing in the transfer portal um 
and and, and that's going to be something that you know they should continue to do. Uh, Tyrese Chambers is another one. He's originally from the Baltimore area. He was a sophomore this year um, at uh, FIU uh, and ended up having a, a thousand yard season. Uh, so he's somebody he's going to be in demand. SMU made him a priority and offered him right away. Kyle Cooper seems to have uh, some uh, familiarity with him there. Uh, he finished his last game at FIU, five receptions, 155 yards, and a touchdown, scored touchdowns in three of his last four games. Uh, and he had you know three really big games at Central Michigan, 175 yards, and then against Charlotte, 201 yards uh, in October. Uh, so he's somebody that has some big play ability to him. Uh, and SMU needs. He's 6'1", 185 pounds. So SMU is recruiting him at the wide receiver position, trying to shore up that group uh, as, you know, look, I mean, SMU lost Jordan Hudson, Savion Red decommitted, uh, CJ Nelson decommitted. So right now it doesn't really seem like they have anyone in the boat at wide receiver. And then kind of a natural transition here, Caleb Douglas, uh, a former USC commit, uh, out of Fort Bend Hightower is somebody they offered in the high school ranks. He's got some size to him, probably in that 6'3 range. Uh, he's listed at 6'4, but probably in that 6'3 range, so a bigger body receiver. Um, you know, the comp you're going to see is is Cortland Sutton. You know, I don't think he's necessarily as talented as, as Cortland, but somebody that, you know, when you look at who's offering late uh, and pursuing him, uh, has a pretty good list. He just picked up a Cincinnati offer. I know, and and so they're working to get him down to campus. We're going to check in with him and see what that offer meant to him and what that could mean for his future as far as him approaching the recruiting front. He's going to take it to February is what he told me. Uh, so he's taking it slow with his coaching changes that have impacted his decision. And, um, you know, those are a few names to watch right there. And then on the defensive side, Jaden Lawton, somebody that SMU watched over the weekend uh, is a, a name to know. Um, he he was uh, he's he's got some size. He's about six three, I would say. Plays for uh, Lucas Lovejoy, uh, and and so his teammates with uh, Jackson Lavender, the 2023 SMU commit, who's at least for now remains solid. Uh, they offered him. He's a defensive back. Got some size. He's in his first year playing football, so he's a little raw. But one thing I've seen, you know, across college football, and there, there's a couple different ways of, to approach defensive backs there's your track stars uh that are gonna you know run 10 10 7 and things like that uh have that speed which you want but you also need some of those boundary corners with size that can really add some physicality and i think that's what you like to see out of Jaden lawton and he just decommitted from ohio illinois and smu have entered the mix for him uh, as of late so he's going to open things up uh wouldn't surprise me if smu is right there for him at the end uh, but somebody that's clearly on the rise and and as a you know a player that is just really breaking into playing football uh, has some upside there um, and, and and some tools uh, which I think flashed in front of SMU uh, with pretty much the entire staff watching him live in person over the weekend and then I, I look at somebody Trey Feet uh, out of Tatum Texas who's been committed to ULL. Uh, under Billy Napier and that staff. And with the turnover there, SMU's entered the mix for him. He kind of reminds me of Gary Wiley coming out of high school, but Gary probably didn't weigh as much as him right now. He's listed at 6'5", 210 pounds. I like his film. I like his length. 
SMU needs those edge defenders uh, for their next scheme. You need that length that SMU has been prioritizing. Um, And the new UL staff uh, with Michael DeSormo went in home with him Monday night. So he's still a priority for Louisiana uh, and a program that has obviously won their Sunbelt champions. He took an official visit to Kansas State. He told me that Kansas State, UL, SMU, Uh, are among the programs that he's really considering down the stretch in his recruitment. Can SMU change things and, you know, keep him uh, in the state of Texas? That's something we're going to watch, see if they can get him on an official visit and get things going there. Uh, Trey Haverty offered him uh, for for SMU and, 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 you know, Rhett Lashley obviously talked with him as well. Um, And again, somebody that has that size, has that length that you really like to see. So, those are a few early names to watch uh, in the uh, in the recruiting front, but you know probably the biggest one uh, to really note is Landry Liddy, uh, a Louisiana Tech's quarterback commit. Uh, Colby Cameron went in home with him before the weekend, and he was up on SMU's campus on Sunday for an unofficial visit. Uh, somebody that has uh, been pretty prolific and accurate. Uh, completed 73% of his passes. And while he's undersized, I can tell you this, I saw Landry uh, about a year and a half ago in person, and he's really, really, really uh, impressive as far as throwing the football. He can really spin it. Uh, And so when you look at this offer, a lot of people say, well, what does that mean for Preston Stone or Tanner Mordecai? You know, if you'll recall, recall the last staff, uh, wanted to offer a quarterback. They wanted to evaluate some prospects. And Rhett Lashley and Colby Cameron really made the move pretty quickly to offer him out of Shreveport, uh, Calvary Baptist. Um, so I think you look at him as somebody that can develop, get in a college weight room, add some so- add some weight, I should say, uh, and get a little bit stronger. But you know, watching him throw the football, I mean, he can spin it. Uh, there, there's no doubt in my mind. I, I think you like the way he, he can just... I mean, let it rip. It's a very, very natural motion. Um, I, I, like I said, I've seen him in person, you know, underrated for a lot of reasons. Um, but Louisiana Tech's done a you know, pretty good job evaluating quarterbacks and, you know, somebody that Joe Sloan and, and that previous staff really liked. Um, and Sonny Cumbie, as he's taken over for Louisiana Tech, prioritized him as well. Boise State is recruiting him hard. Um, so I, I think that's one to watch as well as SMU looks to ink a quarterback in this class. Um, and Landry Liddy appears to be the top target. You thought maybe Josh Hoover could get a look again as he backed off his Indiana pledge, but he ended up flipping to TCU and, and ending up uh, in the Big 12 with, with Sonny Dykes in them. Uh, but Landry Liddy appears to be that top target down the stretch. We're just over a week away until the early signing period. I'm expecting SMU to bring in some commits Uh, and some prospects for official visits this weekend. So we'll have all that on Pony Stampede for you. Uh, They're trying to keep this class together, the offensive linemen especially. You look at Quentin Harris, Jacob Waller, um, and Rhett Larson. They're trying to keep those guys on board uh, and really solidify that class for the future. And then uh, Isaiah Smith, the defensive end uh, slash outside linebacker, who is now an 89 on 24-7 sports. He's a big piece for this class. He had a terrific senior year. If SMU can hold on to him, that would be a major recruiting coup. And then Pierre Gorey and uh, Dylan Frazier, another set of defensive players. SMU continues to recruit hard uh, and keep them in the boat. We're trying to get more information on all of those guys as they come down the stretch. Some are going to be a battle. I'm going to tell you this. 
I don't know what this 2022 class is going to look like. I know the transfer portal is going to be a priority, but as this staff is being built, um, they're having to play catch up, you know, especially without having some of those defensive coaches on staff for the future. It's a, it's a question mark for these guys. So hopefully they can get some hires on the defensive side and give those guys an idea of what they're going to be working with. Um, but right now, a uh, lot up in the air, you know, this class, you know, as far as who's left in it after that slew of decommitments can go a lot of different ways, but we'll be tracking it all on Pony Stampede. Hope you guys will be on with us as well to, to follow all of that. The early signing period, just eight days away now. Uh, so if you haven't jumped on board with Pony Stampede, feel free to do that and get all the info on the SMU recruiting front. So with that, going to wrap up this edition of the Pony Stampede podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Kind of a run of all that's been going on that I can uh, remember off the top of my head in this past week or so, um, but it's been a fast and furious start for this coaching staff, and we'll continue to have you guys covered, whether it's recruiting, transfers, or staff news, so be sure to check it all out on Pony Stampede. Leave us a follow, leave us a rating, and uh, give us a review on the Pony Stampede podcast. Tell us what you want to hear on the pod. So hope everybody enjoys the rest of this week, and keep it locked on Pony Stampede for all the latest. Have a good one. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.